0: I just wanna say thank you again, Papa John, for having me come back and having you be part of this second part of our our, our podcast video uh, session. I really, really appreciate it. Um, it's, it's really, uh, like you said, blessed and refreshed just to be able to be with you, to get to know you. Um, it's, it's, it's really very wonderful. So thank you.
1: Well, you're welcome. <laughs> I
0: appreciate you um so just a little bit of a recap from our our, our previous uh, uh conversation first it was uh we we saw the value of really uh avoiding bad association uh, that's pretty much could, could change and it doesn't have to be a long time and and from there you were you were ready for change and, and, the, and the program, which we're going to talk a little bit more, um, kind of like cross your path. And I would, we'd love to know how that happened. And and after crossing the fa- path, and it's it's the maintenance of your faith with Christ. And, and the principle of preventive is better than cure. So if you know there's things that's going to trigger you, you know to avoid it ASAP, like right away. Um, so to where you are today. And... Definitely, I'd like to talk more about what your current role, what's your current mission, what's your current vision, what your, your current passion, and how, you're, and how you've come from being homeless to really now uprooting homelessness to, to this better space. So I'm really, really excited. And um, so going into uh, to history, how did the program cross your path? And maybe a little bit of the name of the program and how it was introduced to you. That would be wonderful.
1: Okay. Well, I basically was living on Colfax, you know, in motels. I worked day labor and I had a roommate. And we kind of, you know, was able to put our money together and get the hotels by the week. And uh, basically he got arrested and uh, I was unable to uh, meet the uh, physical, uh, you know, pay. He'd keep the hotel room and so i had a friend that had an apartment and i was paying him to live with him and i was working day labor i got paid every day and so i'd give him some money for that day and what happened i was uh disappearing so i paid for a day or two and then i'd be gone for a day or two and then it got to the point where he said you know he had been struggling with drugs himself, and said, it's not good for me to be there because I was kind of like messing with his program And he, you know, trying to stay clean and sober. So he suggested that I go to the Denver rescue mission, new life program. And so he gave me, uh, the information he called Gerald, he was the uh, intake chaplain there. His name's Gerald Krebs. We call him Gerald cause there's another chaplain Jay that was there. And uh, he told me that he had a bed for me. So basically, I went to that program. And like I said, they they had they got me out the streets back then. I was telling you that there was murders of homeless people back then. So it gave me a safe place to stay. And uh, it met all my needs with the food and the clothes and everything that I needed. And it, they also, we had Bible studies and chapels. And so it fed me spiritually too. And so being that program, I was allowed to stay clean and sober where I could you know reach out to my family and call them, let them know that I was in a program and uh, they were really proud that i did that because before i was basically running from them you know they wanted me to get a program and i wouldn't do it so i was finally broken where i got into there
0: so the introduction is from your friend right right and and this is another great example of of it's who you know
1: <laughs> not what you know yes it was I'd actually been there before to sign up for a bed, and I didn't get it, so I never went back. I didn't really know they had a program, so it was really a blessing to find out.
0: How long was the program, or I guess, what was the first struggle being in the program?
1: Well, the program, uh, the struggle for me, I'd been in a program 30 days, and uh, I was uh, in bed sleeping. I had a dream that I relapsed. I dreamed that I... Smoked some crack cocaine and I woke up in a cold sweat and I was like, Oh my God, what did I do? And I was like, it felt so real. And then I, I was looking, I'm like, wow, that was a dream. So then I, I got out of bed and I got on my knees and I prayed I, and I prayed. I said, thank God that was just a dream. So that was kind of my struggle. I um, struggle a lot was unforgiveness, you know, because uh, being out on the street I had a lot of people take advantage of me. Like, you know, I had people that, you know, manipulated or stole money from me or whatever and uh, like they ran off with it and then come back and i and i had a lot of unforgiveness and what i did i said you know what i've done a lot of things to other people and i said i want to be forgiven for them and so what i did i forgave not only the other people that that i thought wronged me or did wrong me but i forgave myself because you know i did a lot of uh, things to my family you know with my mother and my uh, daughters and my son you know worrying about me and their dad you know wasn't the guy that was all their life he he was a different person and uh, so i knew i did a lot of hurt with them so i had to do a lot of forgiveness and you know i asked for forgiveness too so
0: So the forgiveness started the healing process internally
1: that's absolutely true
0: and that's because through the bible study to the program and building up your faith is that what happened and how the forgiveness kind of got a little bit easier
1: yeah the holy spirit when you, you know i've always been a believer but the holy spirit and I, I had basically had to, uh, it, it uh, was just dormant in me when I was out doing drugs and stuff. So the Holy Spirit started working with me again. And so, you know, the Holy Spirit is so wonderful when you let him, you know, do his job. You know, God loves us so much that he doesn't force us to do anything. We, we all have free will. And uh, I remember telling my daughter Chantel, telling her I was in the program, she was just so happy. And I told her I was reading, reading the book Esther. And what she did, she started reading the book Esther and she told me how wonderful that book was. So. So it was just a wonderful relationship and then you know, my mother and sister. And my sister was really angry with me because I'd been living with her. And I was taking advantage of her. I, I wasn't paying her money living with her uh, anymore. And I was bringing women to her house, partying. And I was really disrespecting her. So she was really angry. And she was so joyful that you know, I got my life back in order. Kind of like the prodigal son, you know, he'd come back, and you know, they get out the purple robe with the gold ring and that back half.
0: So the key was forgiveness with self. How long were you in the program to really, like, really um, created that foundation of, like, okay, I got this? Or is it still always a constant um, progression and and challenge that you still have to go through every day?
1: Well, I was in the program for a year and a half. But the thing of it is, it's it's day by day. You know, I see a lot of guys that say, well, I'm never going to get high again. I'm never going to drink again and then they end up relapsing. I even have people that they've said that it happened two or three years later. So it's a day by day process, you know, it's, you know, I can't heal myself, Uh, other people can't heal me, I can't heal other people, but it's uh, God in us that keeps us, you know, focused. And so as long as I'm focused, staying in the word, staying in prayer, staying in fellowship, you know, it's hard to fall.
0: For the one and a half years in the program, what are the activities and what, what helped, like what was the key in the program that helped you?
1: The program, uh, we have an education, it's called Life Skills, And we have uh, six months of classes each month. Uh, each, each class is one month long. So we have the two months of uh, addictions. We had two months of anger management. We had one month of time management and one month of money management. And so that helped us get the tools that we need to fall back on. And also during phase two, we had a class called Atkins, which uh, helps us do job resumes and interviews to get employment. So what the mission the job is to have you get a closer relationship with Christ and to be a self-sufficient citizen. Those were the tools that I got in the program.
0: So the program, pretty much you were mentioning on on our, our, our previous conversation that you needed structure and the program provided that for you.
1: Did.
0: And then you mentioned that you've gone back to the street ministry and reaching out to people that was that was also in your situation currently before. Now this is now, I think, a great part where we can learn from you. How can we and how, how have you approach people on the street and, and let them know that you genuinely care and want to reach out to them? How do you begin to touch their heart?
1: Well, when I do, like I said, I don't really, I preach a lot to them or anything, you know, cause a lot of people that they don't want to hear anything, but if you give them like a living water, the gospel, of John, we have a living water. Uh, you just give them this little booklet that they can read later. And if they don't want to read it. They might lay it down and somebody else will find it, but mm. there's two of well, This is all the but This is the Spanish version. So uh, I also give those out, but we have called living water and what it is. It talks about the eight miracles that Jesus did. And so uh, they can read that and, you know, get the relationship with Christ. And also we meet their physical needs. Uh, like a, give them something to eat, like a burrito. A lot of times people like chocolate, you know, so this is the two books we have. And also I have it in Russian and, but you know, usually I don't give out Russian ones, because there's a lot of people that to find, But, but uh, just giving them to meet their physical needs and letting them know that you love them. You know, they, a lot of times the only people that know about Christ is they, it's through you. So yeah. like giving them something to meet their physical needs or to pray with them. And they know that, you know, you love them right there.
0: So it's 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 simpler and not as complicated. It's it's really just one: give them something, like a a lead behind a tool that they can they can uh, work on, use on their own time, on their own leisure, and then they can decide. And secondly, meeting their physical need. So thank you for that that input because that just made it easy to understand that it's easy to reach out. So. What is now your current role in the program? How is, what is now Papa John's role?
1: Well, like my role is right now, I'm the intake chaplain. So I'm kind of like the gate where people come to the program. And uh, it's just a, it's a blessing for me to see a man that comes in the program, you know, he's broken and he wants to give his life to Christ and he wants to get his life in order and, you know, but, a lot of them like me they have a mother that's like worried about them and they come to the program and i get to see them you know transform you know i see god working in their life you know they surrender and god lets them win it's just a blessing for me to see that and be a part of it
0: And, and just be part of that process as an intake gatekeeper what's the challenge sometimes
1: well a lot of challenges we've only have so many beds we have 102 beds for the men in the program, and we have 28 beds for the program candidates. And so the challenge is, you know, someone that needs to get a program, like I can't make it on the streets anymore, and and I I do have a referral I can send them downtown to another program called Next Step, but a lot lot of challenges is like when a guy's mom calls and he's in jail or something and and, uh, he's gonna get released and he has nowhere to go. And if he goes out on the streets, he's gonna relapse and go back to jail. So, you know, hearing these stories like that and basically, you know, I I can't do anything about it.
0: Is there also a challenge where you see residents in the program that are not really taking it seriously?
1: Yeah, and and another one is like, guys, you think you're gonna make it and everything and then they, they end up drinking and then get kicked out because we have zero tolerance.
0: So we're gonna take this conversation into a landing. What is now the future? The future of Papa John.
1: So, what's my future?
0: What do you see? What's the what's the next thing for Papa John? What's the next project? What's what's the future vision of Papa John?
1: Well, my future vision is here is uh, the, you know get a close relation with my family. Uh, I haven't really uh, been in contact with my children face to face for a couple years, so. My first uh, thing I want to do is go to Iowa in um, August to see my children and grandchildren. And then I have a granddaughter in Texas. I want to go down to see my son and his new little daughter. And then I want to go to uh, California to see Chantelle and, and her family. So my thing right now, I'm thinking, you know, I want to get my finances in order and get this trip planned out. Uh, I, planned, I planned a trip to California last year. I planned a trip to Iowa last year and I planned it with my sister and things didn't work out because she has uh, got some foreign exchange students, and one from Germany, and one from China. So she's kind of like a soccer mom, so she's busy. And so, you know what, I gotta do things on my own. So, you know, I need to figure out when I'm gonna get there. So that's my main goal is family. Because one thing working on a rescue mission, you, you get drained, uh, you, you hear a lot of problems from other people. And so if you don't take care of yourself, you can't be there to take care of them. So I need to get energized and so Being energized is going to be seeing my family and grandchildren here. And I want to kind of plan in the future a uh, family reunion where we can all get together. And actually, I'm going to tell my children, look, I come see you. I see all you and I saw you. So now all you guys at one time come to see me because uh, I haven't had a family portrait since, um, oh my goodness, (laughs) probably in the 90s. So I want to get a family portrait with all my children and grandchildren all at one time
0: that is so wonderful and you know your generation has extended
1: yes. it's has
0: grown yes oh my goodness that is so wonderful and i hope please include me in the invitation oh yeah that would be wonderful oh oh my goodness um so last words from papa john um if if people are listening right now and they're really thinking about reaching out and just not sure how to reach out to the homeless community what would be uh your like um nuggets words of wisdom for them to get just to get started
1: okay well you know a lot of times you're on on the street and some people are hanging signs or asking for money and basically i unless the holy spirit says you know give somebody something i don't really give to them best thing to do is help out a an organization that helps other people because a lot of people if you get money they're going to go buy liquor or alcohol or drugs or whatever and that's not really helping them uh if somebody wants some food i will take them to a, a mcdonald's and buy them a cheeseburger you know what i'm saying or I know, if somebody wants a, a bus a ride or something like that i give them a bus ticket or something so i've, I've had people that uh, oh i need i need to get money for a bus uh and i said well i got some bus tickets that they don't really care about that so you know, you kind of figure it out, right? But the Holy Spirit kind of like, it'll let you know that somebody you really needs, you know, cause you should help people. But like I said, it's better to help another organization that helps people.
0: Um, Papa John, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And I know this is not the last, not the last at all. And uh, is it okay to um, put in the comment your email address in case they'd like to reach out to you if they have any questions? any concern that they know that they can talk to someone that understands their situation and, and, and receive help, receive some friendship, receive some connection. Is that, would that be okay?
1: Absolutely. Yes. You know, I'm here to glorify God. So if you want to give my email, that's cool.
0: Thank you for blessing us with your stories, your, your wisdom, with your knowledge. We appreciate you. Everyone around you appreciate you and, and thank you.
1: Well, you're welcome and thank you for the opportunity for the interview.